Hi, it's Dwyer, GamblersAdvisory.com, a free site, BettingAngle.us, a free site. It is December 21st, 2022. Let's talk boxing. Let's talk heavyweight boxing. But first, remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, let's talk about how fast things move in boxing. The media might think that Jamal Charlo is the best at middleweight. You and I know different. You and I know that Janabek is so scary that Jaime Munguia had the opportunity to fight him and passed. Let's talk about how fast boxing moves. I want people to focus on the light heavyweight division. Now, I personally believe that Arthur Baturbiev beats Anthony Yard, but you and I know Yard is one short punch away, right? And Yard can knock you out with punches that travel this far. He is one short punch away from completely shaking up the light heavyweight division. Understand, if he beats Baturbiev, Bevel wants to unify, right? You would have a fight where... Bevel would be faster than Yard. Bevel would be moving away from Yard. The question is whether the Anthony Yard, who beat Lyndon Arthur, could literally track down Bevel, grab him, turn this into a wrestling match, and then knock him out. Within the next 18 months, the light heavyweight division might be very different. I'm expecting within the next 18 months, the middleweight division to look very different. Now, why am I saying 18 months? It's because I don't think Daniel Dubois, a very important fighter in his mid-20s, who has a minor heavyweight title, I don't expect Daniel Dubois to have a major fight for the next 18 months, right? He has a torn ACL, folks. If you're a fan of the New York Giants and you've been waiting on Saquon Barkley to return to his former glory, you had to wait about 18 months for that to happen. I'm just telling you, I've watched ACL injuries for years. The guy is up and walking shore within the first year, but he's not himself for several months. Right? This heavyweight division is deep. We're going to name some names here that don't typically get named. But this heavyweight division is deep. I don't believe Dubois, quite frankly, can come back from a torn ACL and be himself anytime within the next year and a half. Right? I'm guessing after a year, he's going to have a tune-up fight against some fighter who's not going to move a lot, is not going to force Dubois to have his surgically repaired knee actually move laterally, right? After that tune-up fight, then I think one of the guys I'm going to name is going to come out of the shadows. You, the public, is going to demand that the guy come out of the shadows and fight Dubois. So understand, really, for our purposes, the Dubois reign as a minor heavyweight champion, is over. Right, folks? It's over. You know, they might name him a champion in recess, 
right? That's what's happened in the past. And then have other guys fight for his title. Then, of course, Dubois is going to have to declare himself ready to fight for the title and then have that big match. So just understand, if in fact this ACL is completely torn, Dubois is done for 18 months in terms of big fights, right? Done. Everyone's going to talk to you about how the surgery was a success, how, oh, he's ahead of schedule coming back and stuff like that. Understand he's not the first professional athlete who's torn an ACL. Many of these professional athletes view this as their vocation. They're determined. They're rehabbing it every day. They're following the doctor's instructions. And in those situations, involving the guys who make it back, it takes 18 months. Right? Let's hope he makes it all the way back. I'm telling you guys like Tim Hardaway did not. So, just understand what this means. It means that Usyk, the guy who the sanctioning bodies have ordered him to fight, gets to avoid him. There will be no Dubois-Alexander-Usyk fight. Understand, too, Usyk is a Hall of Famer today based on merit. Right? Undisputed at Cruiser, picks up multiple belts at Heavy, successfully defends his title, unbeaten as I make this video. He's a Hall of Famer today. He's just interested in legacy fights. He needs guys with names. Right? So the big fish out there, and they apparently are not going to do an interim fight. Right? They're going to get to the main event right away. The big fish out there is Tyson Fury. You could imagine if Usyk fights Fury and beats Fury, and if there's any controversy, they're going to have a rematch, right? I could see Usyk also pivoting to fight Deontay Wilder. He's already fought Anthony Joshua. Now, if you're up in the stratosphere there where you're fighting the Furies, the Wilders, right? Daniel Dubois is a low priority, especially coming off surgery, right? At some stage, Usyk is going to say, okay, guys, y'all know who I was. I'm retired. You know that's going to happen, right? I don't see this guy continuing on into his 40s. So I'm just telling you, look at the high priority fights that Usyk could fight and then expect him to leave the stage, right? This is a guy with kids. This is a guy with a family. This is a guy who's been fighting competitively for years in the amateurs, at the Olympics, right then in the pros. So now he's at the part of his life where he wants to enjoy what many people did as teenagers, right? Go to the pub, not worry about weight, have a few beers, right? Not worry about being at your athletic best, right? Also, he wants to spend time with his family. Keep in mind, this is a guy who was spending time with the Ukrainian military. Now he wants to go home, spend time with his family.
get to know them, actually be a dad full time. Right? So I don't think in 18 months Usyk's even going to be around. He's going to fight Fury this year. I'm guessing if Wilder steps out of the background and says, hey, give me a fight, maybe he fights Wilder. Right? But I don't see him sticking around to fight Luis Ortiz, uh, Zhang Zhili, um, you know, other guys. I don't see him giving a rematch to Michael Hunter. Right? I understand Joe Joyce is out there. Joe Joyce is demanding the winner, and he's entitled to it, quite frankly, of Fury Usyk. Just to understand, Usyk already fought Joe Joyce in a semi-professional fight. So Usyk could conceivably say, hey, I've already beaten Joe. I don't need to go there, even though to the boxing hardcore, a fight today would be different than a fight back then. Joe Joyce is a much more aggressive fighter now, right? But politically, Usyk has cover. I just don't think Usyk waits around for Daniel Dubois after his rehab. So let's talk about what I think is going to happen by the end of the 18 months that I think it'll take Dubois to get back to competitive status. Understand how badly off he was. He was just knocked down three times by a cruiserweight. Could not get out of the way. Dubois is not defensively blessed as it is. Right? I'm guessing this knee was bothering him for some period of time. Right? So it's going to take him a year and a half to get back to where he was. In that year and a half, what I want people to do, and you know the suspects already, Andy Ruiz, Wilder, who I named earlier, Luis Ortiz, who I still consider championship level, especially in the pocket, Southpaw, right? Ergovic, who I think is the heir apparent, right? Michael Hunter, who I named earlier, Joe Joyce, who I mentioned earlier, Dillian White, who just beat Jermaine Franklin, if you believe the scorecards in that fight, let's say it was razor close. Of course, Anthony Joshua is still out there, right? You have a list of current heavyweights, Kubrat Pulev, uh, Jerry Forrest, who just lost to Jared Anderson. You have a list of current heavyweights who are in the mix right now. We're looking past them to the next wave. Because, folks, there is a next wave. Understand, the heavyweight division is that deep. Understand, too, you have a lot of guys on the wrong side of 35 in the heavyweight division. Luis Ortiz among them. Right? So let's talk about the next wave. Folks, in 18 months, some of these guys are going to arrive on the beach. Martin Piccoli, remember the name, he's 29 years old, he's big. He's the guy who beat 2016 Olympic gold medalist Tony Yoka, right? He throws long hooks, I mean long hooks, 
The guy doesn't have to fully be in the pocket to hit you with his left hook, which is excellent, and he can throw it as a lead punch. Right? He's aggressive, too. He will come find you. No one's calling for it, but let's just say with this left hook and this aggressive mindset, right? He's not waiting rounds. He doesn't need a trainer saying, go get him. No, this guy's coming after you. He would be a great fight, quite frankly, for Alexander Usyk. As I said, no one's calling for it because, let's face it, Usyk is at the part of his career where he's just fighting greats. He's just fighting his rivals, his contemporary rivals, right? He's not fighting young guys who most people in the United States don't know. But I need for you to realize that this guy knocked down Tony Yoka twice. Right? Knocked him down twice. Understand, they called it a majority decision. I don't know what fight the guy who scored it a draw was watching. One judge had Bacoli up by four rounds. Right? Understand, the fight's not close. He knocks Yoka down twice. And trust me, the rest of the fight wasn't a draw. In other words, if you saw two 10-8 rounds and Yoka's badly hurt the first time, the second time Yoka goes down when he gets up, his ankle's dodgy. Let's say Yoka looks roughed up for both knockdowns. If you scored the knockdown rounds, 10-8s, then Bacoli would be up by four rounds and there's no way you could score the rest of the fight even. Right, just be aware that this guy exists. He's big, he's aggressive. His only loss is to the underrated boogeyman of the heavyweight division, Michael Hunter, who I've mentioned here several times, right? Let me point out too, Usyk can claim he's already fought Hunter, right? Usyk beat him, just food for thought. But Martin Bacoli, Jared Anderson, who has a 100% KO ratio and who just KO'd Jerry Forrest, who got a draw with Michael Hunter, right? Jermaine Franklin, you just saw him against Dillian White, goes the distance against Dillian White, right? Close fight. Franklin is a pocket technician. Right in the pocket, this guy knows what he's doing. Of all the young guys, this guy might be the best chess player deep in the pocket. But he's not the athlete Jared Anderson is. Let's talk about a guy who does seem wild at times, but he's one of the best athletes in the heavyweight division, and he has a hellacious right hand. And that's Fabio Wardley. Understand, in a fight where Eric Molina is having success with a straight right hand, Wardley knocks him out. Right? Wardley just stopped Nathan Gorman. Now, I'm not saying Wardley fights are structured. I'm not saying Wardley wasn't bleeding from his nose against Gorman. You know, I'm not saying Wardley's defensively blessed. But I'm just telling gamblers that you see a guy like this who seems unstructured, who seems a bit wild, 
but who's a great athlete, just off athleticism. The guy can back away from you, right? Great athlete, has his own sense of rhythm, and he has a right hand where he only has to be right once. And I'll show you a major threat to the heavyweight champion, right? Let me say this. I've said it a million times. I believe Tyson Fury, who's more skilled than he is athletic, right? I believe Tyson Fury has a problem against better coordinated, more athletic guys. That's one of the reasons why I feel Usyk is going to give him a run for the money. That's why if I see Usyk as a meaningful underdog, in other words, not a plus 110, but greater than a plus 150, I'm going to be on the Usyk side of the betting play when those two guys fight each other. Well, just to understand, Wardley's probably a better athlete than Usyk. I'm not saying he's a better fighter than Usyk. I'm not saying he's better skilled than Usyk. But he hits harder than Usyk with his right. He certainly does. And he's an athlete. Right? This is the kind of athlete who could, quite frankly, play other sports. In 18 months, if he just figures out the sport a little bit more, gets a little bit more experience, and I believe he's the British champ as I'm making this video, if he just gets a little bit more experience, especially taking fights into the later rounds, this guy's a threat to the throne. Understand, we just saw Kevin Lorena land right on the forehead of Daniel Dubois in a first round in which Lorena knocks him down three times. I'm just telling you Dubois couldn't make that mistake against Fabio Wardley. I'll agree, Wardley's unstructured, right? Then, of course, you have the 2020 Olympic gold medalist, Jelilov, right? He is a clubber. I want you to think of a lesser refined George Foreman, right? Because Foreman's cerebral. Foreman has a great jab, folks. Foreman had pretty good defense. He's blessed for a big, a big hitting guy, right? Jalilov is raw, but like Foreman, he can throw unorthodox looking punches. Literally looks like he's clubbing you and knock you out. He's unbeaten. Right now, he's raw in 18 months. This guy might be a little bit more refined. And, of course, like all of these young guys, Wardley, Jalilov, Anderson, experience is going to help these guys. Right? You want to see these guys in the back six of a fight. Right? Not the first six rounds, but you want to see them in actually round seven, round eight, round nine, because I mentioned George Foreman. Right? Foreman was spent in the rumble in the jungle. Foreman just didn't have a lot of experience in the second half of fights. Right? Older George Foreman, when he returned to the ring after a decade outside the ring, was better in the second half of fights than young George Foreman. Right now, these young guys, they're knocking everyone out, right? You want to see them in tough fights where 
they actually have to pace themselves a bit. You'll certainly have to do that if you're going to fight the Tyson Furies and the Alexander Usyk's of the world. So let's just say, folks, we don't know what the heavyweight title looks like in 18 months. It won't be until then that you're able to see Dubois, who won his title against Trevor Bryant, right, just defended it against Lorena, who was a cruiserweight, right? We don't know what Dubois will look like against one of these guys, right? Let me say this, too. You've just torn your ACL. You can't run, right? You can walk slowly straight ahead, but you really can't run. You can't cut, right? It's going to take Dubois some time to get his cutting ability back. And in boxing, you really have to pivot. One of Dubois' best traits was the fact that Dubois himself is one of the better athletes in the heavyweight division. Well, if you can't move, I'm just telling you, you're going to have a problem with a Fabio Wardley or a Jared Anderson, right? Because those guys are athletes. So let's buckle up and let's figure out what happens. I'm guessing we're just a few weeks away from Dubois' sanctioning body calling for an elimination bout that might feature some of these guys, might feature some of the current crop, right? Andy Ruiz, Luis Ortiz, Jean Gili, right? Those guys, uh, Michael Hunter. But just to understand, Dubois' sanctioning body is going to have to put in an interim champ while Dubois recovers, now, depending on how everything else shakes out, right? The Anthony Joshua comeback. The Fury, Usyk, Joe Joyce situation, we'll call it. Right? Depending on how everything else shakes out, we're going to have consolidation in the heavyweight division coupled with some retirements. There are going to be some openings for some young guys, right? The public is going to start to fall in love with some of these fighters. Understand, these are guys who might not be the headliners. They might be the fight before the headline, right? If the American public figures out that Piccoli just destroyed 2016 Olympic gold medalist Tony Yoka, Right? If they just see his fight style, big guy, front foot, long hooks. His hooks are so long, folks, he doesn't even have to throw straight punches. I'm, I'm serious about that. Right? You've heard me talk about mid-range hookers. You've heard me talk about short-range hookers, Errol Spence. Folks, this is that rare long-range hooker. Right? He's so unorthodox, I'm just telling you, in a boxing match... An opponent who's a little bit dazed and confused because Piccoli can punch is going to look at him and forget he's facing a long hooker. 
muscle memory, reflexes will take over. Someone will say, oh, he's too far away to hit me with a hook, then ball game, right? I'm just telling you, someone here is going to break through. And when they do, the fans are going to start to say, just like they're saying now for Joe Joyce, right? You have a lot of fans who are saying to Tyson Fury, when are you going to fight Joe Joyce? Just like fans are pushing for Joe Joyce, who deserves the shot? Olympic silver medalist, lost to Tony Yoka. Excuse me. Yeah, lost to Tony Yoka. Well, just understand, some fans are going to be pushing for these guys. Right? And let me say this, too. You see a guy, he looks too raw and too out there. Years ago, I saw Iron Mike Tyson in a fight. And, you know... I was raised on Ali, Larry Holmes, guys working off a jab, guys with structure, right? You slip the jab, oh, here's an uppercut behind the jab. Or, you know, the guy comes in, he's throwing a jab, then he'd come across with the right hand. And here was Mike Tyson without a jab. Here was Mike Tyson without a back foot. And I thought, you know, this young guy, a little bit too wild, a little bit too aggressive, right? But there was no George Foreman in that moment. You might recall Tyson has a unification match. That was against Michael Spinks. There was no big George Foreman type guy at that point. That wasn't the big man era that we're coming out of with Wilder and Joshua. You didn't have that big man who was gonna, as Tyson tried to come in the pocket, push him away, like Foreman pushed Joe Frazier, right? You didn't have a Ron Lyle back then, a guy who's like, hey, Mike, you wanna trade? I, I'll trade with anybody, right? You might recall Ron Lyle knocked down George Foreman in an epic match, right? You had Michael Spinks and guys like that. You had Larry Holmes, who was older and had lost to Michael Spinks. Tyson blew through the room, right? Tyson also added some parts to his game, right? Could slip punches and stuff like that, could fight low. You look at a guy like Fabio Wardley right now, I'm just telling you, he has the power. He has the power. With a little bit more experience, you might be saying, wow, why didn't I see this coming? Right? I thought Nathan Gorman was going to beat him. Nathan Gorman established a jab. Right? I thought Nathan Gorman had some moments he bloodies Wardley's nose. But what can you do in a sport where power matters? And Wardley has it in his right hand. Right? I've been here online lamenting Deontay Wilder's style for years. Right, I've pointed out that Wilder doesn't really do much other than throw hellacious straight right hands. Right, folks, he's only lost he's only lost Tyson Fury. <laughs> you know, you, you talk about his title defenses, right? Um, I believe in terms of skill level, Luis Ortiz is better than him, but wow, you get drowned out when your guy gets a shot on him twice and gets knocked out twice, right? Look at Wilder's title defenses and you say, yeah, I, you know, 
you know, he's winning by knockouts, right? Just to understand, some of these guys have that capability. Jared Anderson, right now, in the moment, I see the great straight right hand. Uh, I'd love to see some left hands, right? Might not need them. You know, food for thought. Anyway, that's how I see it. Let me hear from you. My prediction, Dubois does not fight a major fight for 18 months. In other words, after 12 months out the ring, he might have a, you know, tune-up fight. You know, I feel there are no such things in boxing as a tune-up fight. Lord knows I've seen favorites lose tune-ups. But the powers that be in boxing think differently. Might have a tune-up fight. Your boy Gavante Davis is having a tune-up fight before he fights Ryan Garcia. Then might sign the dotted line to fight a real contender, right? Maybe the person who has inherited his title, right? Um, he would be the champ in recess against the uh, person labeled interim who's really the champ for the title. Maybe... Since he's connected with Frank Warren, who's also connected with Tyson Fury, given the payday and the curiosity factor, maybe Dubois might be able to sign for one of the bigger names, right? But those fights won't happen for 18 months. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this video. Let me say, too, we will see Tony Yoka. Yoka has skills. I don't mean to diss him. Tony, I would rather you get your head from over the pocket and lean backwards. My own personal bias, right? But Tony Yoka is going to emerge out of the shadows as well, right? He just fought the wrong guy in Martin Bacoli. Anyway, that's how I see it. I look forward to your comments on this YouTube video. Thanks for, thanks for stopping by.